Hello and welcome back to My Spouse Made Me Watch It. I am Katie, a spouse. And I am Justin. And this time we are actually shaking things up a little bit. Uh, We, like many of you, I assume, uh, are in the middle of quarantine. Uh, So we decided it was the perfect time to take on a project that would soak up a little bit more time than our usual making a spouse watch a movie. Uh, So Justin, what are we watching today? We are watching Avatar book one. I'm trying to read it upside down. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Avatar, the last airbender book one water. That is correct. You heard it right, folks. (laughs) Uh, We are here to brighten your dark quarantined days. Uh, with some Avatar, uh, a show that I and I feel like many of people like in our generation remember quite fondly. But Justin, you have never seen Avatar The Last Airbender. I feel like I've seen episodes like when it was on Nickelodeon. I don't know, when did it come out? 2005. Yeah, so I would have been a little bit past like mm-hmm. watching things on Nickelodeon yeah. in general. I think we were a little bit old for it because I didn't watch it. I didn't know people who did watch it as it was airing, um, mm-hmm. but I actually watched it later, like when I was just out of college, um, when people were like, you have to watch it. So I also, I, th- I think we were a little bit just on like the slightly too old end for it when it originally came out so i will give you that yeah so i'm i'm excited like i i feel like i have a vague knowledge of things about it and i feel like that comes from it just airing when i am similarless similar similarly ish aged like when i was 15 i was starting to watch seinfeld every day um as like right in that age range, like get home from school, watch Seinfeld and Friends. Yeah, that's what I used to do. And, I used to come home from school and watch office. Friends. Yeah. <laughs> On a, uh, what, I think it was like UPN 45 at the time. Mm-hmm. Yep. Definitely. So, uh, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know a lot except for just vague things. All right. Well, let's dive into those vague (laughs) things, Justin. What do you know about Avatar The Last Airbender, specifically book one, Water? Um, I will accept anything you know about the Avatar universe, (laughs) though. Nothing about book one in particular. Um, I don't know if the main character's name is Avatar or if Avatar is like a like a rank like like there like the, there was foretold there'd be an avatar coming along mm-hmm. and that avatar would be the last airbender or if like i think if i remember right there's like different tribes of benders it's mm-hmm. like water bender fire bender earth bender airbender okay so you and think we got some elemental tribes? What's going on with those, do you think? Um, uh, almost certainly fires the Slytherin. <laughs> We're putting it in terms of Harry Potter. Yeah. Uh, 
Waters the Ravenclaw, Earth is the Hufflepuff, and and Air is the Gryffindor. We'll return to that later. <laughs> let me let me make sure I got note of that. Uh, so you are saying that Air is the Gryffindor, Water is the Ravenclaw, Earth is the Hufflepuff, and Fire is the Slytherin. Yes. Okay. Interesting. All right. I will keep that in mind because I definitely want to go back to that once we watch more. Uh, let's go back to it quickly. So as you saw, it says Avatar, the last airbender. So do you think an avatar is a rank of airbender? Do you think airbender is a rank of avatar? No, I think I was thinking more of avatar being like the Dalai Lama. Mm, okay. Where like, like, it's like, like they're waiting for the next one to be born to assume the role of Avatar. Ah, yes. Like a mythic, religious, a like chosen, chosen, a chosen yeah, one, a foretold Messiah type figure. Mm, okay. So, that's my thought. So on the cover art, we like to refer to the cover art. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got three characters there. Which of those do you think is the Avatar? Um, Why don't you tell the listener what you're seeing as this is an well, audio platform? The, if, I mean, unless I'm completely wrong, the main character is the bald dude with the arrow on his head. Mm-hmm. And so I assume he's the avatar. He, I assume he is the airbender. Um, is the girl Korra? Is that Korra? Is Korra like in this universe? That's the sequel, right? The Yeah, the sequel series is Korra. Which oh. depending on how long this quarantine lasts, we could potentially get <laughs> through all of right Korra, Korra too. <laughs> um I guess you're not gonna tell me if that is Korra or no, not. No, I'm not. <laughs> um and then you have a guy that looks like Brock from Pokemon, kind of. Um one thing I do know is that this is like a a an American born like uh story and mythology paying homage to the more traditional like japanese style mm-hmm. stories but yeah. not um but not uh, it's not a japanese like anime no yeah no poly american um so that's cool and interesting um there's i read this really interesting article and i can't remember what it was on but it was um written by the the author was a like asian american boy and like his parents you know were very americanized Mm -hmm. um and he talked about his experience talking to like other kids who were also like very Americanized, mm-hmm. but Asian that like this spoke to them in like this very strange way. Like of, a very like, specific. Yeah. Like <laughs> just like a very interesting blend of, uh, of the cultures <laughs> that they felt very represented by. <laughs> interesting. Uh, so you mentioned that you thought there was going to be um, some tribes, some elemental tribes in this. Uh, what do you think the significance is of the, the tribes being elemental? Uh, I assumed that they could manipulate those things in the real world, like mm-hmm. fire tribe makes bends fire and air tribe bends air and water tribe bends water. And 
and maybe it's like a an innate ability like you're born in the water tribe and like you can do water things mm. um that or it's like a sell your child to the to the shaman type of situation like you'd have two fire parents and they like like <laughs> like in the world most people can't do any of these things but the shaman comes to your town and says like this child shell yeah this child is very powerful and can and juggle the fire <laughs> so they send the child away to be a, oh, a monk okay studying so the arts sort of, of like harry potter where like there's the world of muggles and you get called to like go kind of study yeah. your art but i think a little bit more in the like idea of like because he, he's obviously dressed like a shaolin monk like a buddhist monk uh-huh. so so more in the the mindset of being like a monk like like at a young age these chi- children are like taking this mm-hmm. lifelong commitment to study this art and religious like a this mixture of like martial art and religious mm-hmm. like a shaolin monk. like a spiritual martial art oh okay gotcha 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 what do you so you said you thought uh that the avatar would be um sort of the chosen one so we're probably going on a hero's journey mm-hmm. what segment of how how far along in the hero's journey are you expecting us to get in book one Oof. it's one of three if that helps you um i imagine it would be very similar to star wars okay to like the original star wars trilogy you might have to extrapolate on that a little bit more because i've still (laughs) seen the first one like book one ends with large victory over bad people but really large existential threat untouched Mm. like large the large big bad Mm -hmm. still looming so like winning a battle, but maybe getting like only having something just al- uncovering what the war is. Yeah, like something along the lines of like the fire guys are gonna burn down this village in particular, and the whole season is them saving the individual village and and learning their abilities or whatever, mm-hmm. saving the village, and they barely save the village or even don't save the village, but like it ends. <laughs> It ends with them like, like in that one, that first act battle, and then books two and three would would then have the like book two. So it'd be like a triumphal ending. Book two would be a more like like ambiguous, like oh no, things are going to be like who knows. And then three, you'd get the final like hurrah, final hurrah, the final hurrah. <laughs> All right, so we are expecting to potentially be victorious over a smaller battle or not, but definitely facing a smaller battle. More likely than not. More likely than not victorious, facing a small battle and learning more about their abilities. All right, I think that's a pretty good... uh, pretty good plot guess you do you have anything else you want to add to your guess that feels like a a pretty fleshed out um the very minimal like love story involving the bald one maybe the other two on the cover 
You think the other two on the cover are going to have a love a no, love triangle? Like, maybe? No, no, that's what I'm saying. The bald one won't be involved in like a love story. Oh, okay. But like maybe the other two, but the bald one, no. Okay, so no love for baldies. Yeah, some sort of like like again like above the like I don't even know if the other two have magical powers. They might just be the normies tagging along, and like like an above the fray, or it's like water and earth teaming up against fire but the the bald one does is too shallow monk like for the love story it's true he's taken a vow of celibacy that's right <laughs> or has he I don't, we don't know we'll find out <laughs> find out in this nickelodeon kids show <laughs> <laughs> uh would you like to bring your review to the table sure so i was looking um to see where it was ranked on IMDb's top TV show list. And and the TV show list is a little bit harder, I feel like, than the top movie list because most of the top-rated TV shows are like documentary series. Mm. Um, so it's like number one, Planet Earth 2. Number two, Planet Earth. <laughs> so like, but then you get into like Band of Brothers, Breaking Bad, Chernobyl, the next three, and then Blue Planet. Um, Interesting. So then The Wire, then Game of Thrones, then Our Planet, then Cosmos, then Cosmos. So so there's a lot of mix of like high drama uh-huh. and uh, also docu- documentary. But, but up until that point, so the high dramas, you've got Game of Thrones, The Wire, Chernobyl, Breaking Bad, Band of Brothers. And I have no problem with those being on the top of a list of television shows. Mm-hmm. Um some reservations about like the ending of game of thrones obviously <laughs> but overall an amazing mm-hmm. cinematic achievement in television uh chernobyl phenomenal we both enjoyed chernobyl quite Excellent a bit tv show so the next one number 12 on the the list here is rick and morty this is the first animated show popping up okay a show that i absolutely love um phenomenal tv show number 13 after rick and morty avatar the last airbender Mm. so 13 but if you don't count documentaries it's one two three four five six seven and seventh highest ranked tv show of all time so interesting. So that is very highly ranked by again. This is IMDb users, but I feel like uh, I feel like IMDb users get yeah. it get it right very generally. Mm-hmm. Like that, the top two hundred and fifty movie list isn't filled with a bunch of uh, people being like, "Oh yeah, the, that movie in the fifties, the, the classic, Falcon. yeah, something like that." Like <laughs> Maltese Falcon might be on the two, top two hundred and fifty. Honestly, might not be. <laughs> Um, because like, it's not that great of a movie, (laughs) right? Yeah. And so it's gotta be also good and watchable and enjoyable. So I've always enjoyed that about looking at IMDb, IMDb reviews. And, and also I feel like a certain type of person also spends a lot of time looking at IMDb for like, rankings very justin like person <laughs> <laughs> game recognizes oh, game eight it's it won eight emmys 
User reviews. Okay, so I'm going to go for a middle of the road review. Ooh, changing up your uh, modus operandi well, here. Well, because the first one is just called garbage. <laughs> and the next one is bad, a show just for kids. And I think all of that is obviously um, um, interesting. So, so this one, to juxtapose what somebody is saying against what we just discussed, this one's six out of ten. It's based on existing Japanese anime. I don't think that's true. So let's see what it has to say. It's completely made. It's competently made, but all the concepts are derived from Japanese anime. So maybe this person is confusing. This person being S underscore IMDB dash 623. 623, interestingly enough, the area code that we are in. So maybe it's somebody from... Somebody local. Yeah, from the Phoenix area. Um, but they also really want to keep their IMDb reviews anonymous. That Just the S underscore IMDb dash 623. Um, so maybe they're, they're confusing. So it says, so the reviewer is saying it's the best art ever made or wrong. It's the best thing they have seen. I refer them to Naruto which will truly blow their minds. After you have watched a few Japanese anime shows, you can see that Avatar is just okay, not the best thing since sliced bread. It's not new. This was written in 2017, so obviously, mm-hmm. 12 years later. Curiously, I didn't hear about Naruto until well after Avatar. So Naruto came out uh, manga series in 1997 as a manga and broadcast in 2002 to 2007. Okay. So it predates and overlaps uh, slightly with with Avatar. Have you watched Naruto? No, I have not watched any anime or read mm-hmm. any manga, so I don't... I can't speak to whether... There's like similar storylines, but mm-hmm. I I feel like if you're going to do a hero story, you're going it's to all, be it's a hero tropes. story. <laughs> like, yep. It, in any culture, the hero story is pretty similar. I imagine there is an animal also companion, an animal companion of some kind, and a wise mm-hmm. old man. Oh, there's got to be an animal companion. Yep, and there's going to be some wise teacher that like teaches him how to be Avatar. Mm, okay, so we've got an animal companion, a wise teacher who teaches him how to be Avatar. Yeah. All right. I'll, I'll log them in the guesses, in the guest book. Um, yeah, so, so this says, um, regardless of the above comment, I would like to rate Avatar an 8 out of 10, but I can only give it a 6 out of 10 because the storyline is a mess. Some of the stories are just boring and contrived, and there is too much middle-class American teenager TV culture. So the question here, he's starting to get a little bit in detail, so I don't want to like actually read the details, okay. so I'm going to stop there. Um, so the question here is, one, if it is an American anime-style television show, is it both bad to be paying homage to previous animes and also 
being made for American audiences, or is this guy being really snobby? And uh, yes, it's a guy. <laughs> That's not a comment a, a girl makes. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, or is this guy being the typical what you think of as anime bro? Mm-hmm. That's like you don't like you you enjoy. I don't know. I don't. I don't want to like. I, don't want to offend the like, many anime bros in our audience. Uh, like, <laughs> I'm trying to think. Like, what's a what's a like something? It's okay, something that makes us has made us both cry. Like Hamilton, mm-hmm. second act. Uh, it's quiet uptown. Is gut wrenching when when Hamilton dies and Eliza comes back and it's like Eliza, and like yeah. boom, <laughs> tears, tears, uh-huh. just like absolutely kills me and like i'm getting choked up just thinking about it um like no matter what that thing is for you right that there's always that one guy that i think we've all known in high school it's always in high school when they Mm -hmm. get super into it they probably read it and read mangas and stuff in junior high but then they're super into it in high school maybe wearing a fedora maybe not but probably ha- owns one. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it's also going to be like, oh, you think, like, you think that's gut wrenching? Allow me to point you to this, like, what they are presenting. Also, it's always presented as like an obscure thing that they found in mm-hmm. Japanese anime. It's it's like like one of the most well known Japanese anime things ever, probably. But like. Uh, it's always presented as if they're like delving this gift of like a jewel found amongst the dirt. And, uh, and it's like, mm-hmm. like this, you don't know until you've seen this. And it's like, dude, it's all art. Like, yeah, like yeah, that's fine. That's cool that that connects with you. But like, this wasn't, this was made by Americans for American, for American children. children. So uh-huh. like it aired on Nickelodeon. So I think, I don't know. I anticipate feeling like that comment completely misses the point of what the art is made for, um, which is to tell stories to a specific audience and this audience being American children. Um, And so to then be like, like, oh, it borrows the tropes of Japanese anime, which they clearly like. Mm-hmm. because they are making it yeah, in that style. They're, they're not trying to like claim that they invented any of it. They're pretty, the the creators are pretty forthcoming of like, we yeah. really were into this and we wanted to make yeah. an Americanized version. <laughs> and then there, it all, always comes back to, to like, like, like you're fine to have your opinion also, but like these, these people that made this show like, you think you like anime. They like anime so much. They made an anime for other people. Like they, mm-hmm. they, they like it so much. They probably have seen every little anime you saw. They probably have a fedora somewhere in their closet. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but they weren't a jerk about it. And they were like, how can I introduce anime in an accessible way to American children in a way that they'll fall in love with it. And we'll have a whole nother generation of people mm-hmm. that like this animation style. Like, I, th- I think that that's the yeah. more, heroic there might be also just some contrarianness not like yeah i don't think this is spoiling anything to say that it's generally regarded as like even though it's a kid show a pretty well-written well-plotted 
story. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, again, IMDb reviews. It's it's high on the IMDb reviews. Um, a movie, for example, that I love, which is Dumb and Dumber, and I think is expertly written comedy. I don't think it's like the most phenomenal movie, but like it doesn't rank on the top 250 on IMDb movies because it's not one of the best cultural like you know pieces of art like if you're just trying to say preserve 250 movies for future generations mm-hmm. i don't know if the, if dumb and number would make that list i personally think it's brilliant but uh i can totally see an argument for it being like so so as far as like art goes that's a, that's the weird thing about ranking art the fact that this is a 9.2 or whatever like means that a lot of people agree that this was is really well made that yeah that like it doesn't have these uh the plot isn't quote unquote a mess you know as as is described here so that's that's how i feel that like i will feel that's how i predict i will feel about about that review about that review (laughs) so i feel like i need to give you like a warning before we go into this okay is that this progresses similarly to harry potter where the first one feels the most like what it is like the first one feels the most like Mm. a children's show yeah and it like increases in complexity as it goes on so i am i'm asking you to go on this journey with me and hang in there. I'm all in. Through book one. <laughs> and reserve maybe some of your harshest judgments. Okay. Until we get through two and three. <laughs> sure. All right. Are you ready to dive on in? I'm ready. Let's do it. All right. Uh, listeners, if you would like to bust out your Avatar The Last Airbender DVDs, or it is available for purchase through Amazon, or it seems like you can sign up for a... Uh, a free trial of Nick, Nick Hits. Seven-day uh, free trial. $7.99 a month after that trial. Get that buzz marketing in. Nick <laughs> Hits, if you would like to sponsor us, please reach yeah. out to the pod. Nick, Nick Hits <laughs> slash my spouse made me watch it. Shit. <laughs> if only. If only. Uh, but please feel free to watch along with us. You know you've got nothing better to do. And so now's the time that you pause watch those episodes and if uh you already know avatar and just want to skip on to the next part keep on listening keep on listening and we are back for part two of our special corona sode uh, in which we are watching avatar the last airbender justin has just finished book one water for the first time and he is a little disappointed with the lack of water in book one water so if you didn't uh watch along and haven't watched avatar before so that like like we said before this is a, a television series so it was like 20 two episodes <laughs> so this is actually like a couple of weeks later in record time it took us a while <laughs> to 
um, to get through. But Justin's going to give you the uh, Reader's Digest version in case you weren't able to watch along or if you just need a, a refresher. Yeah. So this is a fictional world. Um, we're in this fictitious world. There are only Chinese people, Japanese people, and Inuit tribes. Tibetan monks. And Tibetan monks. That's right. And Tibetan monks. That's those are the four people groups in this indigenous world. Mm-hmm. Um, and each of those people groups are represented by different elements, basically. Yeah. Like <laughs> not everybody within the people group are necessarily elemental benders which is like the powerful warrior sorcerers of the <laughs> of the the people groups um so the inuit tribe is the water bender group and the monk tribe is the air bender the tibetan monks and the earth tribe the chinese tribe chinese people group probably the biggest soul individual mm-hmm. people group by number is uh the earth bender tribe and then the japanese are the fire benders accurate so far yep accurate okay. so far <laughs> so in this fictitious world the fire benders are constantly warring causing war with the rest of the other people groups at least since the last 100 years well it seems like 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 they've constantly been trying to like be at war but like 100 years ago they were more successful than they've ever <laughs> been and through throughout all time there's always been one person that is the avatar and they are the person that bridges all of the elemental tribes. They are the one person that can successfully bend all possible elements. So they they learn how to bend the tribe that they're born in. So say earth, but then they also learn all of the other elements to bend. So they become very power, powerful and seemingly are always good from what we can tell and and they keep the balance of like things mm-hmm. um so the two <laughs> two uh avatars ago was a fire bender named Rhaegar. no that's the that's, dragon from <laughs> that's the dragon game of thrones from game of thrones <laughs> What's his name? Uh, I'll give you a hint. It is a uh, also a TV streaming device. Roku. Yes. I knew it started with an R. <laughs> so Roku dies, and the next avatar is born, and because of the ensuing war from the Fire Nation, they decide to tell the avatar uh, that he is the avatar at a much younger age than they normally would kind of freaks him out. And he ends up running away and getting frozen in a block of ice where we meet him today, a hundred years later <laughs> as he is unfrozen by two 
Inuits from the water tribe. So the waterbending tribe children find the avatar, and he's still a 12-year-old boy. And long story short, the Fire Nation wants to capture the avatar and not kill him because then the new avatar will be born. So they just want to capture him and like subdue him and contain him to keep him from thwarting their plans of genocide. Mm-hmm. Um, because they already killed... The reason this is called Avatar The Last Airbender is because you find out that they've killed all of the air people. So they've genocided an entire kingdom and... <laughs> And this 12-year-old boy, Aang, is the last living airbender. Um, yeah, so that's the big broad strokes of the story. For book one, uh, he's teamed up with the two other main characters. Um, what are their names? <laughs> Katana? Katara. Katara. And... I can't. <laughs> Sokka. So- Sokka. Katara and Sokka. Uh, I knew it was an S sound. Um, so Aang, Katara, and Sokka, they, uh, because of lore and legend, like they know that the Avatar has to master all of the areas. And because he's a particularly gifted 12-year-old, he's already a a master of airbending. Mm -hmm. So he comes in knowing airbending already and is able to do so. Um, But that leaves uh, water, earth, and fire. So uh, they decide to go from the South Pole where their tribe is, uh, where where their home is, because they don't have any waterbenders left in their tribe to the North Pole where where it's a bigger water nation to find an, a waterbender to train Ang. So broad strokes of this season, they're just trying to get to the North Pole. There's a real commitment to the amount of time it takes to get to the, yes, this <laughs> the is, North Pole. This is season one Game of Thrones time moving through space and time, not yeah. season eight Game of Thrones moving through space and you time. You barely get to your destination in like the last... <laughs> chunk of episodes of the season and they can even fly so it's true <laughs> um so as they're traveling the uh sun as, as the disgraced son mm-hmm. of the fire lord of the fire nation is out looking for the avatar and we meet him right off the back because breaking the ice that the avatar was encased in sends this huge light out into the world and Zuko the sun is able to see that light and follow it because he's already out there trying to find the avatar because he thinks that this is the only thing that will lead him to being not disgraced. Um, we find out later he was disgraced for speaking up against genocide. Um, 
or no, not genocide. Of their own people. Yes. <laughs> Speaking up <laughs> against just letting, having a military tactic where it's like, well, we'll put these people over here to die so that we can win over here. And he's like, that seems like, <laughs> that seems kind of bad to just like put your men out there to be slaughtered. So he's already looking for the avatar, sees the light, follows the light, hijinks ensue. He follows them all over the world. <laughs> uh-huh. um, and, but he also isn't on great terms with his own Fire Nation. So there's a little bit of a triangular tug of war of the rest of the Fire Nation also looking for the Avatar and him as a solo journey with his uncle looking for the Avatar. Um, what's the uncle's name? Iroh. Iroh. Uncle Iroh. He, he's... At one point, I turned to you. I was like, is he like a beloved character? And you're like, oh, yes. And I was like, I could tell. <laughs> Everyone loves like, Uncle Iroh. Yeah, Uncle Iroh definitely has the, the like, has the stuff. So, um, yeah. I, I don't know how specific to get. I guess just, so, basically, we find out all of that. We find out the airbenders are dead. The Aang needs to train. He needs to master water bending. So he gets they get all the way up to the North Pole and uh, get ready to train. And they start training. The Fire Nation no, figures out where they're at. They come. Zuko stowed away on the Fire Nation ship so that he could steal Aang himself. And um, the season ends with Aang summoning the pow- the spirit of the sea to destroy the fire nation's navy and save the north pole kingdom from destruction and he's not yet mastered water but we assume that he will soon be a master of water i wouldn't be surprised if like the second season starts like in action he's already finished Mm -hmm. mastering water bending before the second season starts. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Some off screen mastering. Yep. Yep. To just forward the plot along. So I think that's it. Did I miss anything of extreme import? No, I don't think so. I think you, you hit all the points. So you did pretty good on your predictions. I would say you pretty much nailed it. The thing I'm most proud of nailing is the fact that the Tibetan monk is a oh well that that this this particular let me rephrase all of this <laughs> is that the avatar is essentially chosen like the Dalai Lama mm-hmm. that's like this this rebirthing succession of this title of this like power and spirit. That's like a birth and rebirth Mm -hmm. kind of thing that like, um, although a little bit different from the Dalai Lama, I think the, the avatar has to die before the new avatar is born where like the current Dalai Lama's successor has already been born, stolen by China and hidden away. So, (laughs) and, potentially dead we have no idea so you know just anything to keep the tibetan people the tibetans down down yeah (laughs) so 
Art imitates life. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> Except China's the fire nation in, That's true. in real life. <laughs> That's very true. They, the Earth Kingdom, I don't want to spoil it, but the, the Earth Kingdom takes some... Um, take some more like a pop culture takes on on china's censorship later mm. we'll get some good uh it's fun <laughs> some good commentary there yeah but you you did a good job you figured out that we were um kind of the way the avatar was chosen and what sort of journey we would be going on uh you also correctly predicted sort of the structure of the first season with it ending with a a win of some sort of minor battle mm -hmm. uh to launch us into the second season so what were what'd you like what didn't you like you did a good job on your predictions so so i'll start with with what i liked i um I really enjoyed the uh, story for the most part, like um, the structure of the story, um, the commitment to the story. Uh, I think it's genuinely funny and well-written. Um, and while it feels like, like Saturday morning cartoons uh, in some ways, it also feels like the best possible iteration of Saturday morning cartoons, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> like there's some episodes that feel very Saturday morning cartoons, but it's also like a really good version of Saturday morning cartoons. But it's also got more, um, like I'm trying to think, like SpongeBob never had these, like a overarching storyline, really, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Like, like very few animated series have just, uh, overarching stories that they're going to and the ones that do are often in some sort of anime s style mm -hmm. um, I'm curious what the like what the impact of like the net or like where when in the process other seasons got greenlit because I think you'll see once we get into book two and book three um book one this one is actually the only one that i've never rewatched. this is the first time rewatching book one mm -hmm. when i go in for a rewatch, i usually jump in right on book two because this one definitely feels the most um episodic mm -hmm. in that a good chunk of them in the middle like you probably don't even necessarily need to watch them in order or see them at all and yeah. it seems like there were even a few that i was like how committed to like watching this whole season are you because you know if you know then you know like we could skip over the great divide and, and it, it'll be no of no consequence nothing will have been lost yeah um so it kind of makes me wonder if they if like the creators had something else in mind and like the network wanted it to feel a little bit more like a typical Saturday cartoon, more episodic. Mm -hmm. um, but then seeing that like the, the response was more interested in the overarching story than they could like move forward, feeling more serialized earlier, or if they had like, were like initially seeing the whole thing as sure. being more episodic. I'd be curious from a, a creator standpoint, what that was. Cause they definitely feel different. Yeah, I think that, uh, like I said, like like most of those highly episodic episodes, they most of them they tried to have it 
still accomplish mm-hmm. teaching Aang like something, something. about like mm-hmm. how the world's changed or how, um, you know, giving like small advancements to bigger plot themes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought that that was that was fine, but um, but yeah, yeah, I think I think overall just the attempted march towards bigger plot points is is good and i'm glad to hear that it picks up even more in the subsequent seasons Mm -hmm. it makes me curious for um the netflix is doing a live action Mm -hmm. uh reboot and i think this is the season that i'm most curious to see what they do with it Mm -hmm. as sort of you said like you would really like to see a more um mature retelling of the story yeah, because I think the, uh, as you've always said when talking about Avatar to me in the past, is that I think the the overall themes of uh, Avatar lend themselves to something that could be more adult in its retelling. I think, I, I, I don't think you should lose the and I don't know how the Night Shyamalan movie is like, I don't think you should lose the whimsy of mm-hmm. Avatar and of the person of Aang um, because he is a 12 year old child and he acts like one, like he's trying to impress girls with his airbending. And, <laughs> like, I think you shouldn't lose that, yeah. but you should also, but, but it is a story at its heart about, uh, a race of people believing themselves superior to all other people, (laughs) Uh (laughs) you know, and committing genocide Uh along the way. So, uh, the character that I thought you would like the most, I definitely thought you would be a big, um, Sokka fan. Uh, yeah. (laughs) Why, why would you think I was a Sokka fan? I thought thought you would be a Sokka fan because of the episode that we already saw where they go to the village with the fortune teller. (laughs) Yeah. And he's like trying was... to convince the villagers to like believe in science. That 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 was pretty funny. <laughs> I was like, this this feels a lot like a like a Justin as a kid of like, <laughs> well, can your science explain why it rains? Yes. Yes, yes it can. <laughs> uh... <laughs> or the uh, quality rope. <laughs> yeah, the quality rope line was, huh, was this is really some good. Quality rope. <laughs> I was like that would have been that that's something I would definitely notice. That would have been Justin as a 14-year-old. <laughs> yeah. I feel like his character has uh already become written better. Like it starts off very eh. Mhm. So, I feel like they they find things character things for him. Like early on it's just like he's a chauvinist. <laughs> like yeah. like that's basically his <laughs> that's role his on the character. show for like six episodes. <laughs> is telling his sister that she can't do things because she's a, a woman uh-huh. like that. That's, that's his entire <laughs> existence. And then, and then they find more things for him to do. Mm-hmm. So yeah. 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 I, I think they start off with, uh, Sokka as, as feeling a little, uh, a little insecure about, uh, being sort of, a not having any sort of special ability that his sister has. I'm trying mm-hmm. to, you know, be a little, a little uh macho to make up for that and and as the the show goes on he takes on more of the um the like 
the like the guy with the plan, the mm-hmm. the brains of the operation. <laughs> he's he's bringing the strategy <laughs> to <Yeah>. the team. <laughs> so yeah, I think I don't know. I'm I'm sure there's more specifics that I liked and enjoyed, but I want to I guess move on into some of my problems. Yeah, let's get into those problems. So the biggest thing if I were to rewrite Avatar that I would change mm-hmm. the number one biggest thing is how how firebending works in relation to <laughs> yeah. the other you had a lot of issues with how firebending so worked. so if you haven't watched avatar um airbenders use the air around them to push on things and blow things around to jump really high to land really softly um they're able to manipulate the air around them um to useful effects creating like tornado like gusts mm-hmm. and um that is the way that they use their power the water benders uh use the water in the ocean um we got a glimpse of while it was raining her just like putting her hand up to like create like a little hand little umbrella, umbrella. <laughs> of like bending above them. Um, they're able to kind of freeze the water, manipulate the water like that's um, all water. They're, they're using the water and manipulating the water. The earthbenders can apparently just take the ground and, <laughs> shoot it up into the air and throw it at people. Um, but they use the dirt, specifically dirt. Mm-hmm. Find out that they can't use metal in this season. Mm-hmm. At least in this season. At least in this season. So you could capture them and put them in a metal box and they wouldn't be able to really do anything. The firebenders just punch through the air or breathe through their mouth or whatever. Just fire can just shoot off of their body (laughs) willy nilly with no source to bend. They get to control fire out of nowhere. And in world, this is explained by like somehow relating to the heat of the sun. And Mm -hmm. Justin was not satisfied with that. I was not. So, especially when you have such brilliant uh, problem solving as uh, Katara carrying a, a, a basically like a little, uh, what do you call the little, like a canteen of mm-hmm. water on her belt that she can uncork at any time to like pull out water mm-hmm. so she has water on hand to bend even if water isn't nearby. Right. Mm-hmm. Brilliant use of like like problem solving creative in world like how do we manipulate an element like earth is like the the ground's always there. This is like mm-hmm. this is like probably 1800s era like china japan like Mm -hmm. that and and so like like it's not uncommon that like people are living inside like with dirt floors like yeah like that's (laughs) like dirt is always there um air is always there so those two like get a pass in like what they can do um 
because like they can do it basically at all times because mm-hmm. they're surrounded by it. Um, water, they have, they carry their own little like source of water so that they can are never left helpless without water. Mm-hmm. Fire can just they can just like make fire appear <laughs> out of nowhere. <laughs> so I think it would be much more interesting if they had to carry something mm-hmm. as a source like you could have some people that carry like um on their side like a little like metal box with just hot coals in it or something mm-hmm. and like like that would be enough to where just like yeah. oh there's a coal and they can just reach in and pull the heat from the coal and mm-hmm. that's generating the fire that they bend mm-hmm and um and like the air that they're giving to the coal like that's that's creating the flame mm-hmm. that they're bending like totally doable they could carry candles they the, uh-huh. you know they could like i think carry, i mentioned, mentioned like, to you uh, that they, they could have like a bracelet with like a flint in in a in a mm-hmm. metal uh, like in their in their bracelets on both one on both hands and uh then then all they have to do is like spark it with mm-hmm. their wrists and then they're bending fire right mm-hmm. in front of them yeah stuff like that would be so cool but they, <laughs> they just like it sucks that they're able to just like fire punch yeah they're like i'm gonna punch and flames are gonna come, come out, out. <laughs> or like like when when um uh what's the I'm, i keep forgetting their names the disgraced son zuko zuko i was gonna call him sato <laughs> um zuko uh like it's just it's so overpowered to be able to just generate fire from nothing Mm -hmm. and it doesn't make sense in the world to me yeah because because Mm -hmm. you're otherwise like like i told you like like the air is moist like they should be able to just bend water out of air if water had that ability right because there's always things around you which the the powers of water do get expanded on a little bit later um but like it would make more sense for it to be water and it to be like oh it's a humid day (laughs) gonna vince gonna condense some of this humid air and i think i would accept it more if they didn't include that detail of like katara always having her little right. like skin full of it's water. Like, oh yeah, of course you would you would do that yeah. because you can't just make water. Water. <laughs> um yeah, so I feel like that is the biggest biggest problem I, I have. I think it would also be cool too to see as you meet different characters their who are own Fire Nation, individual yeah, what their own totally. ways are that they've or there could even be like a tie-in of like um I forget where this tribe is, but like in real life, there is this tribe like deep in South America that like doesn't like has forgotten the ability of like how to make fire. Mm -hmm. So there's like somebody's role in the tribe who like just waits for there to be lightning and then goes and like collects fire fire. Uh huh. And their job in the tribe is to like protect that fire because they can't make it so they have to like wait for it to come um so that could have been an interesting role of like the um the fire sages who mm-hmm. are in that temple like if they were like the keepers of like a fire like that could have been an interesting mm-hmm. and maybe explain some of the fire nations uh some of their aggression like they have some sort of a <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> they have some sort of a a complex about not being able to to access their element as easily. 
Yeah. Yeah. And wanting the tie-in to like the sun and the like celestial elements could have still been there because the water tribe has a tie to like the moon and like when it's night and yeah. the moon is out there like bending is stronger. So it could have been that like the if they wanted that tie-in because you also find out in this season that the the fire nation is like waiting for this comet to return to harness its power to mm-hmm. to complete their genocide um so you could have still had that and just without it being like the main the only source of their power right. it could just heighten it the same way the moon does for the waterbenders well let's let's talk about that i also didn't like it didn't quite make sense to me why they need a comet <laughs> Like, I, I would have preferred a non-celestial tie-in for those two <laughs> tribes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Because it didn't quite make sense how it worked. Mm-hmm. Like, all of a sudden, the sun rises and all these master waterbenders, like, they're, like, making this big wave come up. And then it's like, blah, 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 blah. it's like, but yeah, we've seen you do that in daytime before already. <laughs> like, it doesn't make sense how this works in world how if it all of a sudden that you're extremely handicapped mm-hmm. in daytime in a way that didn't happen earlier mm-hmm. in the season yeah like like it makes sense if she was like if uh katara could only as like a non-trained waterbender like make things kind of happen and it was like uh-huh. only at night uh-huh. and it was like i don't understand then it'd be like oh so waterbenders basically are a night people because mm-hmm. they can only do things at night, you know, then mm-hmm. they, then all of that would make sense. But like, no, they're not only a night people. No, they seem to be doing uh-huh. everything perfectly fine, except for when they're in war it's, and it's daytime. Yeah. Then all of a sudden they're like, oh, all my abilities. <laughs> they're gone. So which I don't think that ever happens again again yeah <laughs> it's never like an issue where it's like oh again. yeah i'm terrible now like there it's it's brought up again of like there is added power at night and with the full moon but it's never brought up again as like i am severely handicapped by the sun yeah yeah i just feel like it it felt like a, a because the plot demands it to right. like raise the stakes a little bit to make it feel more hopeless before exactly it's yeah it's it doesn't feel like something that uh needs to be there to me um because it just raises more questions Mm -hmm. i don't like things that make make me have more questions about how the world works i want i feel like i want to understand how the world works in for it to adhere t- mm-hmm. to rules. And th- the other thing that was the biggest, the next biggest problem I had was how powerful Zuko was, mm-hmm. how Zuko as a non master firebender, he has not mastered firebending. We know this because he's literally being taught the fundamentals <laughs> of firebending on the, in the very first episode, he, his uncle who is a master firebender is trying to teach him the fundamentals and mm-hmm. Zuko is getting angry that he's having to learn the fundamentals because mm-hmm. he wants to be a master already. Mm-hmm. And yet anytime he fights Aang, who is a master airbender or he fights, uh, Zhao, the Admiral, the, the, is leading the search for the fire nation for the avatar. Uh, he has a couple of run-ins with him and is able to like basically stand toe to toe with him. And he is like, he's a 
16 year old kid that hasn't mastered his martial art going against like a 40 year old mm-hmm. that is like a master Who of is the admiral of right like the, and, and is so masterful that army. he's like leading the entire navy for the fire nation mm-hmm. and so i feel like there's a a little bit of a like the plot demands zuko to yeah. be strong instead of like finding other mm-hmm. ways for him to accomplish his things yeah i think maybe the like intention was not that he was like learning these things with his uncle for the first time but i think maybe the intention was more to like illustrate like a lack of like discipline sure no that was totally the intention wants to go hardcore but i think they needed to like you say temper his performance in right whenever he's you know fighting a little bit more like i would have loved to seen him be like maybe he's a little bit more clever in like well well Mm -hmm. warriors in the fire nation that can fire bend all are so reliant on their fire bending. Mm-hmm. Like he can, he can scrappier. Yeah. He, he well, can like use a few been, things uh-huh. to his advantage because he like doesn't know mm-hmm. and rely on his fire bending as much as them. And so mm-hmm. like, because like, he's not, he, he like trips him when they're not pay- ready for good, it. Uh-huh. Right. Which I think that could have been extra interesting because he also appears in this season as uh the blue spirit uh in which he can't use his firebending because he doesn't want to give himself anything to tie him to his identity so he just uses his uh sword skills his yeah his broadsword skills so that could have totally been an interesting thing especially in uh at the very end of this season uh you get introduced to uh his sister um and his sister is a a master firebender and even has like a rare prodigy yeah Yeah. she has like a rare skill too within firebending so i think i think that would have been an interesting take to to show that his firebending Mm. is not the best but to like compensate for that he's kind of also taken on some some other skills of interest right. that make him uh, a more diverse opponent if not a more the most powerful opponent right yeah yeah i i think i would have liked that because it just again felt like uh and like this is common for like children's mm-hmm. television where like oh the kids are just as strong as the adults mm-hmm. you know <laughs> yeah. and it's like like i like the more realistic depiction in my mind of what it could be you know mm-hmm. and um yeah. so i think that that that's did always you feel a struggle like on on that note did you feel like there was enough time given to katara to establish her abilities throughout this first season yeah yeah because i think because she she's obviously farther behind in water bending at the start of the season than zuko is in fire bending mm-hmm. at the start of the season. By the end of the season, we learn as literally as the season is ending that like Katara has been awarded like master waterbender status. Mm-hmm. So Katara By Master Paku. <laughs> yeah, Katara, I don't know. I feel like that that's another thing I would have liked. Um to just throw this in there. Uh I would have liked something to signify like level of mastery Mastery. so 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 that you can really distinguish like like 
it would have been awesome if like the airbenders maybe have five levels of airbending and or three levels and Mm -hmm. you get like your feet tattooed Mm -hmm. first and then your hands and then your head Mm -hmm. and then once once you have all of the tattoos you're like then it's like you're a full airbender Mm -hmm. i would have loved to see was that even explained in no see okay no it wasn't you you told me that the the tattoo signified a master airbender okay um but literally none of the other people have any signification showing mm-hmm. who that somebody is a master i would have mm-hmm. loved significations showing who was masters but then also i would have loved uh there to be like multiple steps to being like an actual master. master so that you so you could really <laughs> sort of like your belts in like yeah karate, so you huh? can really visualize that like okay uncle iroh is like top of the top even though mm-hmm. he's like this old guy like looks overweight doesn't seem to be taking stuff seriously but then when he jumps in like you could even have him like a special degree of Mm -hmm. mastery to really show that against when he jumps in to protect his nephew against Zhao when they're fighting and his nephew like lost but Mm -hmm. then like got a shot in on Zhao Iroh steps in and you 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 feel in the moment like oh snap Iroh's actually probably like really Mm -hmm. really powerful but you don't really have anything to tell you in world like Mm -hmm. how much more powerful or experienced or like renowned is he for his ability than Mm -hmm. like Zhao yeah and then Zhao is to Zuko like you don't really have a I would have loved some sort of hierarchical (laughs) like like Zhao is a master but then Iroh is like a master but he's also got like a special like you know, mm-hmm. insignia that's like an Uber master, you know? Yeah. Um, well, you do see him bend lightning at <laughs> one point. Min- yeah. Yes. And, and I did love that, that like that was okay. So that's another thing that I would like <laughs> to see is like, ultimately they're all bending matter. They're all bending things. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, I would love, I would have loved to seen, uh, like I liked seeing Iroh like lightning striking coming down the, sh- the ship and he's able to deflect it from hitting the ship. Um, in a moment of necessity, he's able to deflect it. He doesn't really control it. He just deflects it. You know, he doesn't mm-hmm. bend it in the same way, but I love that idea that like those who have truly mastered bending one thing, uh, in times of like extreme mm-hmm. need would be able to like, do the bare minimum to like use something, you know, in, Mm -hmm. in defense. Um, yeah. So the, I, I did, I did enjoy that. And like, I would, I would like, I would love more fleshing out of like that, that master system and yeah. (laughs) And like maybe it, Justin uh, wants a chart of like, like where is everybody in their level of mastery in, 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 in that, in that version of this world, you would have everybody would be able to like you'd basically have maybe a maybe it's like a cult in the in the world of like of like non non elemental benders like like that they 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 believe that like everybody can bend anything kind of thing you mm-hmm. know and, and like it's like an offshoot where they just like 
tried to bend every, anything into yeah. everything, you know? Like, you could have some some cool, interesting... Then what would be the point of having an avatar who can bend? The only being who can bend all the elements. Uh... Th- th- that would be that would be the only thing that they worship is the avatar mm, like the, okay gotcha. be like an avatar cult an avatar cult <laughs> yeah so that's my that's your hot take hot take <laughs> <laughs> so those are the things that i think could be improved was there anything else that i mentioned while we were watching that uh no i think I those remember? were your your main things um Zuko being too too powerful in in your mind, uh, and also just wanting them to have to do something <laughs> to create fire instead of just getting it yeah. from the sun. I feel like that's so uh, low level, like low low lying fruit, and yeah, and just Especially makes it so much more something it- that's that hard to like fix. Well, yeah, like it it just makes it so much more interesting. It, this mm-hmm. is this was also created in a different time. It was like f- 17 years ago, 15 years ago. Yeah, 15 years ago, I think. I think 2005. So, yeah, so like f- it was created like 15 years ago and I would say that in the early 2000s, maybe early to mid 2000s, maybe the idea of just making fire seems cooler. Mm-hmm. But I I think nowadays i feel like having cool explanations is cooler yeah (laughs) and like and like i feel like it just makes it so much cooler that this fire nation has to like keep the flame with them you Mm -hmm. know to bend yeah that is one thing then that you would have liked from the m night Shyamalan version that's what you mentioned (laughs) is that in the the m night Shyamalan version on all the like firebender boats they have this these like cauldrons of fire a fire that are just going so that they can use it Mm -hmm. yep i think that's a great idea yep 2005 so so justin actually has some praise for for Shyamalan. you didn't (laughs) do everything wrong uh are we gonna after the series is over are we gonna have to watch the Shyamalan one Uh, I don't really have any the Shyamalan did the Shyamalan version did like the thing that you don't want to do like it somehow managed to take out the whimsy and Mm. the fun so there's just nothing like enjoyable about it. It's just like an uber serious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. And it, and it doesn't even, I feel like it doesn't even really take the like overarching story to like a more adult telling even like, like it didn't mm. do either. Like it didn't go, Super we're going to be way darker and grittier right. and edgier. Um, so that would also be interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd be fine with, with that but if, mm-hmm. i i would be fine with the world going very dark and and gritty if like you said if like the character of the 12 year old especially being a 12 year old from a who was frozen at like a pre-war time like that even might be interesting like a 12 year old yeah. pre-war encountering like these 14 and 16 year olds from war time in which like their village has been ravaged like that even might be like an interesting thing yeah but it managed to not do either um it wasn't fun and it wasn't edgy (laughs) it wasn't either it was boring um there's nothing delightful about it so i i don't really i don't think it's necessary at all to watch the the m night Shyamalan and 
for some reason, which it's completely full of white people, except for the Fire Nation. <laughs> interesting. Yeah, interesting choice, especially from an M. Night Shyamalan, <laughs> who is not white. I don't know why that was the yeah. choice made. Um, but yeah, it's just a bunch of white kids and a Slumdog Millionaire. Like the guy from Slumdog Millionaire? I believe so. Really? I think it is the Slumdog Millionaire. What's his name? Uh, Dev Patel? Yeah. Yes, it was Dev Patel. 4.1 on IMDb. Oh, he plays Zuko? Mm Mm-hmm. Interesting. Should I watch the trailer real quick? We can watch the trailer. Okay, let's watch the trailer. Here's the two-minute trailer. So we're watching the trailer. Some cool visuals for bending. So they're trying to really set it up as pretty dark. Like, look at all these white people in the water track. Yeah. It's not very Inuit. Is he talking to a dragon? Yeah, I remember Roku's. Oh, yeah. Some of the fighting looked kind of cool the way that they were using the things but everything's also in slow motion i don't know if that's just how they're doing it he's using water bending in many of these shots was that a complaint of the uh no unlike the uh from what i remember at least unlike the first season of the tv show i feel like the movie like they got to the north pole pretty quickly it, oh. was, it was going for more of a, a season eight Game of Thrones travel timeline. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's pretty cool the way he's like bending the entire ocean. Ooh, it's in 3D. I didn't see it in 3D. Interesting. It seems disappointing that it was so bad. It, it was disappointing that it was so bad because uh, <laughs> I, I definitely think there's potential for it to be especially now think of like 2020 effects versus mm-hmm. 2010 effects. Like I definitely think for the Netflix live action, there's potential for the bending to look really cool. And I think with the original creators back, um, I think they will kind of try to appeal to that. The original fan base who is now older, but I think they'll be more successful at keeping not taking the whimsy and the fun out of it, um, but yeah. maybe being able to imbue a little bit more of the the darker elements of the story. I'm, I'm also excited for the the Netflix version of it because the when when the movie came out was just on the cusp of things transitioning from like if you're adapting a TV show back then you're adapting it into a movie. Mm-hmm. Now you're adapting the children's TV show cartoon into season a, one Game of Thrones. Yeah, it, yeah, <laughs> into into a, a full on other TV show, mm-hmm. and that seems like it's going to be much more satisfying. Yeah, um, yeah, I think season one will be really satisfying. I think they'll be able to like, whereas in like the the original show you'll see later where they like try to pull things in from like first season of like, Oh, we can bring this person back and we can bring this person back. Whereas now I feel like working backwards, they'll be able to bring a little bit more meaning and Mm -hmm. serialization to, to season one of like, ah, we, we have this thing that's going to happen 
in season three, like let's we can, start like, planting the seeds now. here. Yeah, I think that, that that'll be a really good use of the source material. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So how do you want to wrap up these bonus Corona sods? I, I do think they need to be separate. I don't think there's any way you can put a children's yeah. TV show in amongst. Uh, no, I think they movies. need to be separate. Yeah. <laughs> so how would you like to uh, evaluate? Uh, let's do it on the thumbs up rating. Thumbs so up. Okay. so from two thumbs up to two thumbs down. How about from a cabbages rating of one cabbage to five cabbages? Why cabbages? What? What? Cabbages are a big deal in Avatar. That cabbage guy is that always around. That cabbage guy is all he is. He's in every town getting <laughs> his cabbage cart knocked over. Um, on a scale from a foamy mouth guy to to five foamy mouth guys. <laughs> well, I was trying to avoid like the the easy number rating and okay. just and just right. doing an approval rating. Okay. All right. So if you want to. If you want to pick something in world for Avatar on a like approve to disapprove, <laughs> but I was just going two thumbs up, one thumb up, no thumbs. Okay, thumb, well, two thumbs down, two thumbs down. Okay, like, that's well, the, we can that's do the thumbs. Range. All right, we'll do thumbs. Okay, just for 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 our, our special episodes, our special Corona episode. Well, and and like any other special episodes, really TV shows that like these are going to be entirely different mm-hmm. types of episodes um because like the next episode is going to be predicting season two watching season two reviewing season two sure. um it's going to feel completely different than this one because oh, now we have let's the also whole... maybe do for you your what you thought was the best episode of the season mm. what you thought was the strongest episode and what you thought was the weakest episode of the season mm, i think the strongest episode is it was it one episode where i guess it was multiple episodes the multiple episodes where they have to go to the he finds out about the how to speak to roku Mm -hmm. and go to roku that was a part one and part two yeah i'll let you lump up i guess i'd put that one at number one was the finale two parts also mm-hmm. yeah so finale at number two in my i'm ranking three episodes okay <laughs> and then and then the third favorite episode would probably be the one where he meets the firebender mm-hmm. the the reluctant firebender yeah. the guy who's like oh because I, I think that that was good like good character development for ang like mm-hmm. long term i think yeah i agree um that that was a good episode for that weakest episode um i mean the great divide um <laughs> yeah i mean that one's up there just in like usefulness mm-hmm. but overall i don't think it was like a weak representation mm-hmm. of the show it just doesn't advance the mm-hmm. plot um like I think the pilot is one of the weaker episodes mm-hmm. because it just feels like a pilot. Mm-hmm. It's like trying to shove in a lot of exposition, also sh- shove in who the big bad is, also quick little battle. Like it's just trying to do it a lot. Like it's mm-hmm. no fault of it. It's just what pilots are feel like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So probably one of those two 
I'm trying to think if there was another one that I was like, me. Can you think of any other episodes that I might feel like that about? Uh, I'm not a big fan of the when they go to Omashu and meet Boomy, his like old friend, the crazy old king. Oh yeah, Earth king. Yeah, yeah. That episode didn't really. That yeah, that episode was just like hijinks. Yeah, just hijinks. Just hijinks. Suing. There wasn't really a lot um, to it. I think if I remember right. Was that before the two-part fire meet Roku mm-hmm. yeah. episode? I it feel was like, like right before it. I feel like all of the episodes after that pick up were were pretty good because mm-hmm. you had those two. You had the two-part finale. You had the reluctant fire bender, and then you also had um, I lost. I can't remember what what episode uh, I was thinking of. The one where they meet the the other water guy the water tribe guy bato with the southern tribe yeah but that wasn't up there mm-hmm. on like okay. interesting episodes for me i feel like there was another episode where i was like thought that was interesting that's to the intrigue yeah oh well yeah i guess those are my top, All right. top and bottom episodes all right so what are your thumbs uh two thumbs two thumbs you've yeah. heard it here people yeah. two thumbs is it's very enjoyable i i really enjoyed the story uh i enjoy the way the story is told um there's there's also nitpicky things of like the animation style that i've never been a fan of mm-hmm. but but like what can you do about that like there's nothing it's true it was also um, 2005 but it's, it's more <laughs> of a style of anime mm-hmm. like like um the stuff that isn't animated in the same way in other styles of Mm -hmm. animation um like a lot of times there's like a moving thing in the scene Mm -hmm. and a non-moving thing in the scene and it's like this really weird like Uh background foreground colorization thing happening where it's like like there's like a bunch of rocks and then there's one wa- rock that looks like super weird uh-huh. and in the foreground <laughs> and just and you're like that rock is going to move in this scene yeah like um in this shot mm-hmm. or whatever like stuff like that that I've never been a super f- big fan of yeah in, but but it's very stylized like mm-hmm. it's intentional it's not an error mm-hmm. that's how that yeah style of animation mm-hmm. works um and so like I don't have a problem with it. I just don't not your prefer, favorite. I, yeah, mm-hmm. I prefer like just all of it to be mm-hmm. animated in the same or like in, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. There is some pretty uh, jarring contrast in this first season specifically of like things that are traditionally animated and things that are CGI'd um, mm. where it just looks so wildly different. Mm. Uh, you're like, whoa that yeah. was cgi <laughs> um, I, I i don't know I, like like what what are you talking about like um like the one that always jumps out to me is when they go to the city that the um the like tinkerer has taken over mm-hmm. and ang goes to use his airbending to open that door and it like zooms in on like the specific things that have Flipping to like over. flip and turn and it just looks so different because <laughs> you can tell like that's what was cgi'd um because it was, it was probably easier to like uh-huh. 3D model it in the computer. Mm-hmm. But it just looks so different from everything frame. else. It's like, ugh, yeah, jarring. Which will be if we, you know, depending on how long quarantine goes and we get into a 
Corona Cora episodes, it is uh, very exciting to see how far like animation technology um, has come when you yeah. see like the way water is animated in Avatar and then the way water is animated in Korra. Like it's just yeah. so much more beautiful in Korra. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, and in like, I think because like it, it feels very similar to like a Dragon Ball Z mm-hmm. um, e- even like a Pokemon or Yu-Gi-Oh. Um, each of those are stylized in their own mm-hmm. way for the worlds, but, um, or even like a Gundam wing, um, which, which is like the closest I've gotten into like really being interested in, in like an anime show. Gundam wing was really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, just really good storytelling. And, um, yeah. So I think that the, but like uh, I imagined in this first scene specific or this first season specifically, they didn't feel as much freedom to deviate from the art form that mm-hmm. they were trying to replicate. They wanted to be as true to the art form. And then I imagine as things go on, they're able to make more and more decisions of like, this is how we want to mm-hmm. deviate from the art form. And so, so I imagine in Cora, they are doing things from the sounds of it much more, much, much less in the traditional mm-hmm. anime and more yeah. in like, it feels like anime, but it's maybe done fully CGI, mm-hmm. um, which is the way that a lot of <clears throat> animated shows, really well animated shows are done today is like, even like South Park. Like South Park started out as stop motion, literally cut out cardboard on the, mm-hmm. on like a filmed plate being filmed, shot down stop motion. Um, now it's all done in computers. Mm-hmm. Like, um, and as much, uh, as much as you can let the computer do by itself, you do because, uh, you're trying to get it done quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so di- different studios and different shows have the different styles, but most shows now because of technology y- utilize computers to a much bigger extent than probably they felt comfortable mm-hmm. with starting out the show. Yeah. And also technology wasn't still there, but but I could see shows making the choice nowadays to do fully traditional hand-drawn animation. Um, but it's not necessarily mm-hmm. necessary. Yeah. Um, the other things that are nitpicky that are very common in this type of animation are like, <clears throat> you're on the ground walking through the city and it's this huge city. And then it shows like an aerial shot because like the bad guys looking at the city and it's got like four buildings. Yeah, um, that are this, just repeated in the over city. And over. Uh, it, no, 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 just like it's a circle with like four buildings in it. Oh, okay. And like that's all you see. Uh-huh. And it's like that isn't very representative of the city that you were actually uh-huh. in. Yeah, but in, there's an, a few in anime, like, that's just scale things. Of yeah. Like, how big is that? In anime, that's not an important part. Uh-huh. Or or like when when they gather the 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 entire town together, and it's like way less than like the amount of people that like you see when you're actually walking through the mm-hmm. town um like that's uh that's just it's very common in how anime portrays the world i feel like like Mm -hmm. from watching pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh growing up and dragon ball z like uh uh and and i'm sure these are all subcategories these fall into subcategories because I feel like a show like Gundam Wing might portray it more, try try to portray it more realistically. But uh, 
because uh, these are also like whimsical children's mm-hmm. shows like like you're not necessarily concerned about portraying things accurately as you are about representing them in world mm-hmm. um and and like that's the only like major yeah focus so anyway those are my thoughts on my nitpickies <laughs> my nitpickies all right, so we have uh, two thumbs up on our uh, Corona Sode Avatar The Last Airbender edition. Uh, if you are feeling bored in quarantine, we will be doing uh, Book Two Earth next, so feel free to watch along with us and tune in again for Book Two Earth. We know you have the time. Can't pretend you don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah thanks for listening and good night